This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Hello. Hey. How are you? Hot. It's extremely hot It is outside. very hot. It went from 60 degrees to 90 degrees. Uh, hey, Chicago, Chicago, can we figure this shit out? <laughs> like 75. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a few big surprising stories to me okay. that have nothing to do with politics per se. They're just, they're out of nowhere. Okay. Um, let me start with one that just is dumb. <laughs> okay, here's the backstory. Yes. The person who wrote this uh-huh. writes for, he posted this on a website called the Illinois Family Institute, mm. which is a notoriously <laughs> like a conservative yeah. Christian Basically, I think they're a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. But whatever you think of the SPLC, it's still a hate group. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they spew. And they love posting articles that are just totally anti-LGBTQ. Uh-huh. Okay. So this guy, who I've never seen post there, but he posts there every now and then, Jonathan Clay DeHale, he has many names. He writes this post mm-hmm. that basically says LGBTQ people have way more privilege rights, uh, not in a legal sense, but he's like, every they get a full month mm-hmm. of Pride Month. Mm-hmm. Like, what do Christians get? The rest That's of the, the gist of his argument. If you've ever heard someone say, like, why is there a Black History Month? Like, what do white people get? All this things. is what that article is. And he basically, he's like, if you think 30 days of celebrating anal sex, leather bondage, gender confusion, self-mutilation, sadomasochism, and other expressions of sexual anarchy, uh, which I think is his way of saying trans sex change, might seem like Um, more than enough. You are wrong, because it's not just 30 days, he says. He basically says there are 163 days that are there to recognize LGBTQ people. 163. 163. I'm dying of curiosity. Yeah. So we have the month of June. (laughs) All of June. Uh And then he basically goes through, like, there's Intersex Awareness Day. Mm -hmm. There's a Transgender Awareness Week. Aromantic Awareness Week. And he goes through everything he could Google. And he basically says, and he made a chart, by the way, to document all this. Like, there are 127 days about raising awareness. There are six days of celebration, 29 days to prevent bullying, which is an LGBTQ thing. And he says 11 million people, which is LGBTQ people, Uh 11 million people have staked a claim to 45% of available days, which seems, I don't know, excessive, unquote. By comparison... Isn't it wild the things people get worked up about? (laughs) By comparison, the nine largest world religions representing 5.5 billion people observe 138 days combined. And then you could tell in his mind he dropped the mic. Well, but I don't know. But this isn't Muslims celebrating Ramadan where you're all doing it. Yeah. Like, there are not 163 days where LGBTQ people are sitting around and saying, well, today's my day. Yeah, what is he... So, uh, just (laughs) taking one of them of, like, what was one, like, Intersex Awareness Day. Which, Which intersex is a thing that exists. Yes. But it's not like every intersex person is, like... Carried down the street <laughs> on our shoulder. Like, what does like, he think? Kids is are not getting the day off days. of school for this, right? Yeah, I don't know what he thinks happens. And like, even allies are just like, God, oh, I, all right, moving on now. I like, hate to what tell do you him want? About, like, 
the Christmas creep because it is fucking Christmas <laughs> from October to June now. Like, <laughs> eh. Right. Like, we don't need a special Christian day because, like, every day is Christian day. Have you seen the government? Like... Yeah, I think that's the wild thing is that this sort of the reason that we need to do these special recognitions of people is because they are statistically and and, um, historically underrepresented. So when you look at, I don't know, say Congress or the Senate or the last 45 men who have been president, you notice that they're not exactly a fair representation of everybody so because the default in so many people's mind is white male christian we do have to have these days of like hey don't forget like intersex people exist trans people exist like ace people exist and that's great not just that it's amazing and deserves to be celebrated but like hey they're part of our society right. too. You, you want to raise awareness of things people may not know about. Might not be aware not of. Be aware of. Guess right. what people are aware of? Fucking Christianity. <laughs> Always. Uh, right. But he genuinely thinks there's 163 days for LGBTQ people and, you know and let everything him spin else. His wheels. Like let him. L- like let so him die des- mad about this. He's so desperate to be persecuted. Yeah. To pretend to be persecuted. And by the way, like no one else is required to acknowledge these days. They don't so, get a holiday for it. Like, if you don't want to celebrate Pride Month, you don't have to. Also, I want to say this. As somebody who has made a lot of marketing calendars in my in my uh, professional career, do you know how, like, literally every day is some sort of national day of whatever. There's right, National right. Tire Shoe Day. There's National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. There's like, Rocktober. There's Rocktober. It's a good point, haven't you? are right. Really good contribution. <laughs> no, but like as one commenter says, truck car dealers have Trucktober. It doesn't mean anything to yeah, anyone outside of the like, thing. Like, how come sedan people aren't like, wait, <laughs> where's my month? Right. Toyota Son gets a whole ma- marathon. Sure, whatever it is. Like, it's what about my Mazda? Like, These are not the take same. Take it thing. easy. Right. Oh my god. Okay. Here's here's a bigger story that I definitely October. <laughs> <laughs> shush. Here's a bigger story. So here's the backstory of this because I I had to look this up. I wanted to be sure I was talking about the right person. But basically, uh, there's a woman named Ariella. Sure, Ariella Duran who worked for Ken Ham and the Creation Museum and Answers in Genesis starting mm-hmm. in 2015. Okay, there's even a picture of her on the AIG website where they said, like, in anticipation of Halloween that year, Uh-oh. they're not going to celebrate Halloween. That's no, for witches and day. demons. So they're doing their own Creation Museum Halloween, which is basically let's show kids aliens so and boring. talk about how creationists talk about it. A- okay, Wait, whatever. aliens. Whatever. They, they're just like, how do Christians deal with aliens? This is what they were going to scare kids with. Uh-huh. And they asked this new hire of theirs, Ariella, like, hey, you're going to be the person in the giant alien suit walking around, taking pictures with kids, doing whatever it is you do. Uh-huh. And there's a picture of her wearing the suit. So cool. she did this. That's just one of many things she did. It turns out that... Uh, and it says this on the AAG website. Ariella had just joined the Creation Museum Guest Services staff about one month before she found herself volunteering to be the official costume wearer at the museum. All in good fun, whatever. She seemed uh-huh. fine with it. Not a big deal. 
So it turns out she worked for them for over two years. Okay. She worked for them, according to her, in like every single existing department. She worked for the ticket counter, the petting zoo. This is all Creation Museum, not Ark Encounter. Mm -hmm. Petting zoo, housekeeping, retail shop. Petting zoo? They have a petting zoo. Retail shop, food services. She became like the floor coordinator. She was in charge of like all the sales. She worked in HR. Like she did everything Mm -hmm. there over the course of two years. And then for a lot of reasons, not just burnout, which happens at any job, and some personal stuff, she basically left in 2017. Mm -hmm. But this week, Uh she posts this long thing on Facebook saying, this is what I went through through in the two years I worked for really? Ken Ham Answers in Genesis. And the short answer, the short version of her story is that she was a salaried employee. Uh-huh. Fine. This isn't like sexual like assault or anything sure. like that. She's just saying she was salaried, but he basically, Ken Ham and her other bosses there, they really took advantage of everybody who worked there on salary by really overworking them. Mm-hmm. They didn't get overtime for working extra. Yeah. Um, Salary's a hell of a loophole. Yeah. And her, she said her colleagues and her were f- told to work be way beyond what should be expected. Mm-hmm. And she also says this is a toxic culture of Answers in Genesis that goes all the way to Ken. See how surprised I am? She, Look at- I know, you're not surprised at all. She says she's spoken to them about it. There was no sign that anything is changing. That's why she's going public with this. Huh. But here's some of the stuff she says. During my time there, I witnessed rank partiality and favoritism, nepotism, inconsistent or non-existent communication, bullying, and spiritual abuse. Ooh. They got away with it, she says, because the staff meetings talked about, quote, submission to authority. Jesus. And she writes, quote, Ken has built his legacy on the bones of employees he has knowingly driven into the ground. Wow. Yeah. AIG. shit. AIG. That's quite a statement. Yeah. She says it's chronically (laughs) short-staffed, leading. So if it's short-staffed, that means the workers you have have to do all the other work. Right. Which makes it hard to have a work-life balance. For all the fun we make fun of Chick-fil-A, they give, they take Sundays off, right? Because they say, hey, we want you to go to church on Sunday. We're going to close our entire chain Mm -hmm. across the board on Sundays. Mm -hmm. You can't even eat there at an airport. Damn it. What? It's International Small Business Day. What about big businesses? Thank you. Go Thank ahead. you. We're done with that story now. I know. I was picking <laughs> something else up. So Chick-fil-A <laughs> takes Sundays off at AIG? No, you don't get Sundays off. And again, they don't have to take Sundays off, but right. just saying like this company does not prioritize your work-life balance or your church-life balance. Yeah, that does not. She also says many... Of the employees worked when scheduled to be off or on vacation instead of focusing on their families or regular lives. Mm -hmm. Their turnover rate is astronomical. Here's an example of what she means. At one point in 2016, when Ark Encounter was opening, they wanted to make a big splash. Yeah. Right? It's opening, so we got to hype up Ark Encounter, sure. Mm -hmm. And we're going to hype up the Creation Museum on the side because we want as many people as possible to come to this part of Kentucky and, hey, go see both while you're here, the new one and the Creation Museum. So we're going to do a thing called 40 Days and 40 Nights, which is their way of saying, if you want to come here and stay late with your family and your Uh kids... We'll keep the museum open late. They can have midnight with the dinosaurs and ride them or whatever it is they do at the Creation Museum. So actually, Ark Encounter was open till midnight those days, those uh-huh. 40 days. For 40 days straight? Uh-huh. And the Creation Museum was open till 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. all those days. And here's what she wrote. Uh, this is back to Duran here. 
uh, Ariella. In 2016, I began sleeping in my SUV at the <gasps> Ark property or spending the night in the Creation Museum basement or sleeping at a friend's house near work. Due to the long hours, lack of finances, she says she couldn't really look for new housing or a, probably afforded. Wait, she was homeless? She had a place, uh-huh. but because it's like, well, you're working till midnight. Yeah. By the time you get home and come back, right. it's already, you got to go. What's mm-hmm. the point? So she just chose to stay there because it was easier than trying to drive back. She said, I couldn't ask friends for help because they were as burnt out as I was since they were also working 40 days and 40 nights. And the worst, uh, unfortunately, at AIG, she says, the worst of it. She kept saying, I wanted to get through the worst of it to Mm -hmm. support them. She says, the worst of it is often just a small step up from normal. And she said at one point she was sitting on top of Ark Encounter, like the top floor where you can kind of overlook it. Uh I don't even know if people, regular people get access to that area. But she was sitting there like, I'm imagining her feet overlooking the whole thing. She was saying, I realized I could have walked off the top of the Ark and my absence would not have been noticed for days. She doesn't say that in a suicidal way. She says that as just she's tired and empty. All this is happening is her personal life is chaotic for other reasons, which I don't need to share not our business um not my business right exactly and so she ends up getting a different job within this aig working for hr and she thinks this is a better job because she knows the whole staff basically Mm -hmm. and they trust her and they talk to her about their issues and she was thinking well if i'm in charge of hr i can help alleviate all the problems i've been talking to everyone else about um but here's an example of what they did to her she said now that she's in this new position, she set some ground rules for if they needed her to work elsewhere in mm-hmm. the park. The ground rules are fairly simple. Give me 24 hours notice if you need me to work somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let me sure I didn't schedule anything else. And I want the right to say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's an example of what happened. At one point, she was scheduled to work because when she was working in HR, she's also doing other things. She was scheduled to work in an air-conditioned building. Mm -hmm. So, fine. She dressed in whatever you wear at an air-conditioned building. Maybe jeans, maybe a shirt. All good. But then they said, hey, we don't have enough staff. We need you to go to the Creation Museum and run the lemonade stand outside in the 100-degree heat. Holy shit. With no notice. So, she said, the job required me to stand on asphalt in direct (laughs) sun, in almost direct sun, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., She's basically passing out, more or less. Like, she couldn't throw up because she had nothing to throw up. Oh, no. Her point is, if anyone doubts whether Ken Ham knows about the consequences of his arbitrary decisions, he does. Because they all saw her struggling with this. And the reason she's speaking, she says, silence prolongs abuse. Mm -hmm. It's sin. I'm calling it out for what it is. I asked to speak to her personally. I didn't hear back from her. I wrote a message to Answers in Genesis. They didn't respond to me. It's been days. Answers in Genesis hasn't addressed this at all. Like on their daily or every other day show, they haven't talked about this. Mm -hmm. Nothing about this. But the point is like, (sighs) it's a Christian ministry that does all this stuff saying, we want to bring you to Christ, bring you to Christ. Right. And then they treat their staff like shit. Apparently. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed. Yeah. That's that's too bad. Yeah. And by the way, the sad part, not that that wasn't sad, We've talked about AIG in this respect before because they've posted job openings and then they limit it. Like, you want to be the janitor? You need to believe in young earth creationism and that gay people are going to hell, basically. Mm -hmm. If you want to do anything for them, no. And 
this is they opened it up in Kentucky. They're like, we're going to create all these jobs. Right. They can't find people to take these jobs mm-hmm. because they limit who can work there for no good reason. And also, it sounds like it's a nightmare place to work. Well, and part of why it's a nightmare is because they can't fill any of these yeah. positions. So all the staff that are qualified and do work there mm-hmm. are stretched way beyond capacity. And who cares? You're supposed to do it for the good of the mission of Christ. <sighs> like, okay. So that's awful. That's one thing. And then, and then, separate from that, okay. another story pops up this week. This is from a former professor, not a professor. He was an instructional mentor at Liberty University. Uh-oh. This guy's name is Brian Melton. He worked at Jerry Falwell Jr. School for years, mm-hmm. and he did several things there. But he says he had a full-time job on paper, mm-hmm. but he was getting a part-time adjunct basically salary no benefits no tuition assistance and at some point they're like we're going to lower your number of hours that you work and by the way we're going to up your administrative stuff that you got to do but we're not paying you for that god and at one point here's when he's like this is what pissed him off the most at one point they're like hey we're going to give you health insurance and he's like oh my god that's amazing yeah for living and they said um, that's because as long as you're working enough hours, we can give you the health insurance. If it drops below, we're not going to give you the health insurance. As if he has control over the number of hours he works? Kind of, yes. Okay. And then he's like, oh, okay, well then I, you know, as long as I work those hours mm-hmm. and have enough classes right. to meet that level, we're good. He's like, so how many hours are we talking? Is that minimum requirement? We can't tell you. No. He's like, I I don't know what that means. So he asks his immediate bosses, who are buddies of his, and they're like, we'll find out for you. And they're like, yeah, we could not find out. They would not tell us either. What? Yeah. And he writes, from that moment, I knew that this was, in reality, nothing but an intentional setup. The reason they would tell no one where the line was is because it was mobile. Like, no one would ever cross it again. No matter how much we worked, it would always be, unfortunately, short of the goal. Oh, my (laughs) God. They're just doing it so they can play by the government's rules. Like, if you run a business where you have employees, you got to provide health care. Right. Obamacare stuff. Yeah. And they're like, all right, well, if you you do the minimum, but we won't tell you what the minimum is. I, You wonder. And then it's like... Uh, but it's a religious school, and who knows what they can get away with. At another time, um, he was just saying he works a lot of hours, didn't get paid for it. All of this was happening in the name of Christ, mm-hmm. and every complaint was expected to be excused for the sake of the mission. Oh my God. His conclusion, wait for this, Liberty University as a whole was as shifty, dishonorable, unprincipled, and hypocritical a work environment as could be offered. I could not trust my family to them, and I increasingly found it hard to have my reputation associated with an organization that approved itself so often without honor. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and then he's, as soon as he had a chance to leave, he took the other job and he told his bosses, like, look, at the end of this year, I'm not, I'm going to leave. Uh-huh. They're, They're like, like, why? They said, fine. <laughs> and then he still got an email from Liberty saying, like, we're not going to renew your contract. <laughs> Which is like Falwell's way of saying you, you can't, can't quit. Break, yeah, you can't, you can't break quit. up with me. I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> you can't quit. You're fired. <laughs> but yeah, so like Liberty also treats his staff. Oh my god, like crap. Um, and yeah. I can't tell you like I don't know how commonplace 
his experiences compared to everyone else who works there. There are a lot of people who work there. Mm-hmm. But his point is like, this is supposed to be a Christian school. Right. In theory, right. because you're a Christian school, you ought to do better than everybody <laughs> right. else. You and shouldn't like, be doing the bare minimum. You're totally not. Jerry Falwell Jr. has not responded to that either. So surprise, surprise. That's so wild. Um, I can't believe it. But Jerry Falwell Jr. did get in the news for a different reason. Oh. The third of the trilogy here. Okay. Um, with the government and the refugees and the way they're keeping toothbrushes from kids and you don't get soap because mm-hmm. we're Republicans, that rule. Um, Russell Moore, who's the president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, which is a long way of saying he's a leader in the Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. He says a lot of stupid, crazy, anti-gay women, whatever things, because uh-huh. he's Southern Baptist. That's mm-hmm. what his job is. <laughs> and every now and then he'll say something quasi-decent Okay. This is one of those times. Yeah. Well, Russell Moore says the reports of the conditions for migrant children, migrant children at the border should shock all of our consciences. Those created in the image of God should be treated with dignity and compassion, especially those seeking refuge from violence back home. Good. We can do better than this. Okay. Yeah. Good. Fine. Great. All right. I don't know how seriously to take you because Southern Baptists aren't exactly not voting for Trump. Right. But all right. Good on you. You said the right stuff. Jerry Falwell Jr. responded to that. Who are you, Dr. Moore? Have you ever made a payroll? Have you ever built an organization of any type from scratch? What gives you authority to speak on any issue? I'm being serious. You're nothing but an employee, a bureaucrat. What? How does that relate to the thing that he just said? I don't think it does. I think his argument, and I thought about this way too long, I think his argument is if you're not a business owner or a business leader, uh, you don't get a right to complain about how the people in charge are doing the stuff they got to do. I would argue the opposite of that. (laughs) And by the way, Moore isn't a nobody. He's a well-known guy within Southern Baptist circles and religious reporting circles. So he's not a nobody. Right. And this idea, like, you get no, you don't get to talk about, like, on behalf of refugees who are dying. Yeah. Unless you make a payroll. Like, Jesus didn't run a fucking carpentry business. What is he (laughs) getting at? And by the way, have you ever built an organization of any type from scratch? His name is Jerry Falwell Jr. <laughs> he inherited a school from his daddy like Trump did. <laughs> like, and like you the- are in no business to talk about building shit from scratch. And it's just such a wild thing because like also these refugee camps aren't businesses. Yeah, it's supposed to be concentration camp. A government and is not a business. Like a you're supposed is, to be doing the stuff we need you to do, but you're not a profit maker in theory. Wow, what a dick. Yeah, how do you be a bigger dick than Southern Baptists and yet That's impressive. Falwell manages to yeah. do that. How dare you make me feel bad for the Southern Baptists? I know. I hate this feeling. And how pro-life is it? Like, ah, oh, let the refugees suffer. Stop oh showing God. compassion for them. This whole thing is such We're a pro-life. <laughs> so, um, all right. God, these people. I've got, I've got actually just a small story. All right. Um, in Wicker, so it's Pride Month still. Um, and Wicker Park is a um, a neighborhood in Chicago. Um, Wicker Park Lutheran Church had two flags hanging. One was like the traditional gay pride rainbow flag. The other was a trans flag. 
Um, Because Wicker Park, this is an area with a lot of LGBT people living mm -hmm, there. For sure. It's very, and it's very gentrified. It's very like, yeah. Um, Apparently, last weekend, somebody somebody vandalized both of those flags. Uh, Reverend Jason Glumbicki Glumbicki said that someone uh, spray painted an X across the trans flag. And puzzlingly, we love kids on the pride flag. Because pride people, like, what, drag queens are hurting kids? Um, Is that where they're going with this? So it's either, in my opinion, it's either, like, a pedophile thing of, like, that linking people do of Mm -hmm. of gay people and pedophilia, or it's, like, an anti, like, gay people are harming kids, you know, unlike the straight men. Um, Anyway, so I just thought it was interesting that this happened. Um, They're holding their next... um, their next ceremony, ceremony, what is it called? Mass? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They, they're holding, everybody's bringing like pride flags to like Good. put around the property. The neighbors were all really upset. Uh, Matt Car- uh, Kearney said what was happening was disgusting, not what the community is about. Um, somebody else, uh, this, the reverend said, um, actually a, a couple weeks ago, somebody had tore those flags down. Um, the reverend said, where, where we love is the center. It's not about hell. It's not about damnation. It's not about hate, but it's all about love. That's what we preach and teach here at Wicker Park Lutheran Church. So it's good. Yeah, that's good for them to take, take a stand after vandalism. Yeah. Here's uh, the flip side of this. There are two different surveys that came out this week that basically show we have become less accepting of LGBTQ people in the past couple of years. Oh, what happened the last Overall, couple of years? And it doesn't matter how, I know, right? Like, what happened? The demographics, no matter how you slice it, it's, it's true for Democrats. Really? It's true for young people, too. So, for example, this is one that came out um, from the organization GLAAD, and they put out their 2019 Accelerating Acceptance Report. Basically, what they found is if you ask... What percent of, like, are you comfortable learning that a family member is LGBTQ? Mm-hmm. And if you ask people 18 to 34, you would think it's like, yeah, I'm more okay with it today yeah. than it was two years. Like, more people should be okay with it now right. than two years ago. No, 36% of people under 35 said, 36% said, oh, I would be uncomfortable knowing a family member really? was LGBTQ compared to 24% two years ago. What about uh, learning my doctor is LGBTQ? 34% said I'm uncomfortable compared to 24% in 2016. So people are becoming less accepting. This is true across the board. Learning my child had a lesson on LGBTQ history. That's become more uncomfortable. Knowing I, my kid has a gay teacher has become more uncomfortable. Well, that's bad news. Yeah, so that's one side of it. Then, separately from that, uh, the the polling group PRRI put out a separate survey, and they asked people, like, do you, what percent of people said a small business owner should be allowed to refuse to pro, uh, provide products or services mm-hmm. to gay or lesbian people if it violates their religious beliefs? So are you on the side of the Christian bakers? Right. For Republicans, in 2014, 21% of Republicans are like, yeah, we're on the side of bigotry. That's up to 47% now because it's become a GOP cause, right? Fighting for the Christian bakers. But what about Democrats? They were at 11% said, I'm okay with this in 2014. It's up to 18% now. Yeah, it's still lower than Republicans, but it's increasing 
And so, yeah, this is the question. What is going on here? Why are people more okay with the bigotry and even accepting LGBTQ people? And I would argue, this is the the best theory I guess I've heard to explain both of those surveys, Mm -hmm. which is that we are, it's no longer front and center an issue in terms of LGBTQ rights like marriage equality was. Uh When that was happening, there were so many people speaking out about love and why marriage equality mattered. Mm -hmm. And if you knew nothing about the topic, hopefully you were able to come over and like, oh, I didn't understand it. And now I understand why it's so important. And it was, there was a push like, no, you should learn about this and you should be on the right side of this. And in the past few years, maybe with all the shit that's been going on, this issue falls off the radar. When it does happen, the way the right has framed it in terms of, well, you could be for gay rights, which is whatever, drag queens and all crazy people, versus religious liberty and the fight of the poor small business owner who just wants to run a bakery. Why would you force that person to go out of business? Because they're discriminatory. Yeah. Like, that's why. Right. Like, we don't fall for that. But that framing of it, where it's like, do you care about freedom? Yeah. Versus do you care about people running amok with, like, whatever stereotypes people have about LGBTQ people? I think that narrative is working. And people who have no skin in the game, because they don't think about it, they're like, yeah, I mean, the freedom argument makes some sense. I don't think they need more rights. They got marriage. What else do they need? Yeah. We're good now. I guess I'm confused by, like, I get the GOP side. That completely tracks for me. That they've become less accepting. Yes. And more on the side of the discriminatory bigot bakers. Yes. I'm baffled by how the left is, because I feel like in most ways the left is getting further left it seems that we're all kind of shifting further and further left when it comes to like healthcare and and things like that so why is this being left right so this is the question like why is this even among liberals right why are we becoming less accepting and i i think it's just it's not on our radar as much as it used to be and here's here's specifically to that point what percent of you support the small bigot business owner i'm paraphrasing the question um what percent in among gays and lesbians, it used to be 16% supported the bigot bakers. Now it's 30. Really? Yeah. Am um, I missing something there? No. Like, th- I'm not breaking it down any further. Among trans, uh, not among trans people, they didn't have data in 2014, so it doesn't matter. Atheists, not nuns, mm-hmm. atheists. 15% of atheists said they supported the bigot bakers in 2014. Now it's 24 among Jews, it went from 12 to 19. Among black people, 10 to 15. In every demographic here, even among traditionally progressive demographics, mm-hmm. it's gone up in support of the bigot bakers. And again, I, this is where it hurts to be podcasters, like we do this, mm-hmm. or progressives in general who pay attention to politics, because it strikes all of this. It's like, how does this make any sense? And then you realize, like, the people who talk about this or care about this Mm -hmm. are such a small sliver of society. Most people don't care. Most atheists don't care. Most LGBTQ people don't care about the the issues, the politics of it all, even when it's their lives at stake here. Mm -hmm. Most people don't care. And it's those are the people you can manipulate to be like, come on, freedom, freedom, freedom. Be on the side of freedom. Okay. Yeah. I think you could do that to every single group, and 
it's working. And part of it is there's no, what's the end game for what they want? It's a lot easier to say we're fighting for civil rights for LGBTQ people who want to get married versus uh, if you don't want the cake, just go next door and get a cake from another place. That's a harder argument. It's not as simple. (sighs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and so it, there's no big looming issue that is so blatantly obvious to everybody. Mm-hmm. It's harder to make that mm-hmm. argument. I think maybe that's why it's getting worse. But that's again, Republicans really are doing everything they can to take away these rights. Right. And so at some point, it's maybe complacency, it's, right? Yeah, it's, it's it'll bounce back. I hope, but oh my god, it's getting worse. What a bummer. Um, can we talk about? Can we? Sojourn down to Alabama. Oh, no. Yes. I have two Alabama stories. Of course. Um, I'm going to do the heavy one first because we'll need a palate cleanser after this one. There is an Alabama woman who is in an an altercation. She's five months pregnant. um, And she was shot. After she was shot, she lost her pregnancy. Her name is Marche Jones. Um, The woman who shot her initially was brought up on manslaughter charges for the for the fetus that didn't fly and so now and she was just let off the hook by the grand jury by the grand jury um then they came back to jones and charged her with manslaughter and she's currently in prison on a fifty thousand dollar bond the police have said she's culpable because she started the fight that led to the shooting and failed to remove herself from harm's way Quote, when a five-month pregnant woman initiates a fight and attacks another person, I believe that some responsibility lies with her as to any inner injury to her unborn born child. This is uh, Lieutenant Reed. Um, that child is dependent on his mother to try to keep it from harm. She should not seek out unnecessary physical altercations. So the prosecutor's argument here is she was wearing a short skirt, so she deserved it. Mm-hmm. And in this specific case, they were saying, well, she started a fight. What yeah. was she thinking starting a fight? Yeah. yeah. And then she got herself shot and yeah. got the fetus killed. My understanding of this is so they got her on manslaughter charges, mm-hmm. as if this is totally her fault that the fetus died. Mm-hmm. And according to Alabama's law, if you are responsible through neglect or any other reason, like someone dies because of you, right? even if that wasn't intentional, um, and you killed a person in the process, you can be brought up on manslaughter charges. And in Alabama, a fetus is a person. Yep. And that's why they can go after her for this. And yeah. so the grand jury indicted her mm-hmm. because... <laughs> From a broader perspective, fetuses have more rights than she does. Now, her the, the argument for getting her is that the other woman was acting in self-defense. That's basically why they were able to prosecute this woman, uh-huh. the mother, um, saying that the other woman was acting in self-defense when she shot when she shot the woman who's now going to jail. Um, but who pulled the trigger? That apparently doesn't matter. Yeah. Like she got herself shot. And therefore, she's responsible for. She's the only one who's going to suffer at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're other than the dead fetus, and but the woman who pulled the trigger doesn't get anything. Mm-mm. So if you're in conclusion, if you're pregnant in Alabama, I would recommend not leaving your house because I I heard and I didn't di- dive into this, but there was a similar case that the person got in a car accident and lost their baby and got like either did or on but like you you can't get an abortion but also if anything happens to this pregnancy that is fucking on you that's literally how forced birth works 
So Handmaid's Tale is here. Yeah, huh? I'm getting fitted for my red cloak. Um, so it's not a great. My understanding is that she, I mean, she's in jail pending her bond and the punishment, which mm-hmm. has not been given to her yet. No. She was charged with manslaughter. We don't know what will happen or how the appeals process will go from here because no. it just happened. Um, but still disturbing yeah. on paper. Hey guys, get the fuck out of Alabama. Um, it's can. not safe for women there. Um, What's the other Alabama? The other Alabama story, a little more lighthearted. There's a car dealership, uh, Chatham Ford, um, and they released the following advertisement. It's all in caps. I'm not going to scream it. it. God, guns and freedom. Celebrating 4th of July from now until July 1st here at Chatham Ford. Every vehicle purchased, new or pre-owned, will come with a Bible, a 12-gauge shotgun, and an American flag. This is a small gift to our valued customers and an and a opportunity for us to celebrate our independence. Don't miss out on the great deals and gifts waiting for you here. Call, click, or text for more details. So you buy a car, like a pickup truck, from this place. that mm-hmm. They give you a Bible, uh-huh. a rifle, uh-huh. a shotgun, a shotgun, and an American flag. And an American flag. First of all, who's buying a pickup truck in Alabama who doesn't have all of those things <laughs> already? Um, they do say, this part isn't in caps, um, but hashtag Ch- Chatham Ford must, don't know what that means, be 18 or older, have valid ID, can legally purchase a vehicle, and pass all checks associated with owning a firearm in state of residency. Right. So, like, everything about this is legal. I, yeah. I'm just, it's it so... Is- Alabama. It's so stereotypically... How are we supposed to satirize people who are satirizing themselves? Mm -hmm. This is like they're taking away my livelihood. I should sue them. It's the setup for a Jeff Foxworthy joke. It really is. And like, I think the the part of this that's sort of like... Like, I'm very curious if this works. Because again... They canceled it. What? They canceled it because there's so much backlash. Oh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. Um... What, so they're not giving the Bible away now? What or the I, shotgun away? That's what I read. Um, <laughs> but I think it was probably the shotgun that put it over. Yeah. To me, the wild part about this story is just how our, how our culture of guns is, is a wild thing that has happened. Like, it's just such a, not even like, oh, I'm a collector. This is what, it's like going to get, like, like you get a free flat, like a free, like, t-shirt with purchase or like when you're signing up for a credit card and you're like oh i get this cool hat i'm gonna be in debt for the rest of my life but nbd like (laughs) it it has been reduced to this like knickknack and it is a thin like a 12 gauge shotgun probably isn't among our most deadly weapons that we offer here in the united states but like it's a gun (laughs) try explaining this to other countries that's all we literally give them out like candies like Like, okay you have to pass whatever the background check is but we're just giving it away. We'll toss it in with your purchase. It's a so thing that could wild. kill somebody. We'll just toss it in. It's so wild. Anyway, that was just a like. I, how am I? Sp- wh- wh- where does satire go now? I, what do we do, Hammett? Here's here's uh, a different story, but it still involves the haters. <laughs> Jacksonville Public Library in Florida. Mm. They were going My to hold. Is from there. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Is she really? Uh, pride prom. They were going to hold a pride prom for kids 14 to 18 because it's not always fun if you're LGBTQ to go to school dances mm-hmm. at public schools where if you're with the same sex date, it's not fun. Especially trans, I would argue in fun. Jacksonville, Florida. Right. 
So this library, a group actually, I believe, got the space from the library. Mm-hmm. But the library is like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they were going to have the space. It was a free event. They told kids, dress up as your favorite literary character Cute. for this prom. Everybody's um, Oscar Wilde. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, picture, the picture in the flyer that they put on Facebook and everything uh-huh. is just a u- rainbow unicorn dabbing. It's, I love it. Yeah. So naturally, <laughs> they also said we're going to have a drag performer who's going to do all the music. Uh, sorry, like old people dabbing is the fucking oh, funniest thing to me. The whole flyer is just a dad joke come to life. Oh, it makes me so happy. Whatever, trying to be cool, it's uh, amusing. Yeah. They had a, a drag performer named Bebe Deluxe mm-hmm. who was going to perform there, which I assume means like singing and that's it. But yeah, here's are often uh, lip syncing and dancing. Yeah, fine. And I so I was fine. Like there was nothing weird uh, other than like, no, none of that. It's all fine. Yeah. So naturally. But you said this is a public library, right? It is a public oh, library. Okay. I'm feeling so, an yeah. inkling of where this the, is going. The Christian activist, this is led by activist mommy Elizabeth Johnston, best known for burning a copy of Vogue. Uh, Teen Vogue. Oh, the anal sex one? Anal sex article they had, like, explaining it. And it was online, but she burned physical copies of Teen Vogue. That's a symbol. In a fire. In a fire. And one time she posted, this has nothing to do with the story. One time she posted on Facebook that she needed a bunch of colored babies for the cover of her book. What? (laughs) Oh, and I screamed. Did she say color or colored? Colored. I need a cup. Uh, I can't remember the exact words, but she said I need a bunch of colored babies oh, no. for the cover did of my you, book. Did you offer up your children? <laughs> I, I took a screenshot and passed it around is what I did. Oh and then God. that post was quickly deleted. Colored. And the cover of her book and is her face looking angry and fierce. And she said this in 1967, right? That's correct. The Facebook <laughs> of 1967. So anyway, she posts the thing saying like, here's the same drag queen mm-hmm. performing for adults. Mm-hmm. And now you have more scandalous pictures. Sure. That's not what the performance was going to do at the library because yeah. it's for teenagers. Mm-hmm. But those are the pictures they used. And she's like, call the library. What do you say scandalous? Um, it's like, mostly nude with very little covered. Okay. Whatever. All right. And pictures of like wild makeup or gender uh, bending oh, roles. Oh, sure. That wild that, makeup. It's stuff that'll scare conservative Christian old people, mm-hmm. which is her demographic. Mm-hmm. And so the library ultimately said, we have to cancel this event because we cannot vow, because they got threats. They had literally one death threat. I don't know how seriously they took it or not, but they were like, it's not just the phone calls Mm -hmm. saying, don't do it. They were too worried that the kids would get harassed at the dance. And they basically said, we cannot provide uh, quote, provide a safe, secure environment we're not 100% sure of this. Like, they were going to have a sheriff on hand yeah. and stuff, but they couldn't do it. Ugh. So they canceled the dance, and of course, the conservative Christians are celebrating. The drag performer was pissed off at the library, saying, you didn't have to cancel this, saying, you know how to keep 100 people safe in your library. It's possible to keep 100 kids safe in a library, but when it's gay children, it becomes a problem. I understand the frustration. I'm actually sympathetic with the library yeah. here because why would they have scheduled it if they were anti-gay somehow? Right. They, they went through the motions. And also, I've seen what these 
Christian activists do. Yeah. Like, it is scary if you're in the center of their hate. Yeah. And so, I, without knowing any other details, I respect the library's choice here. Mm. Like, we want to protect the kids. I don't know what else you want them to do, because if they allow the thing to continue, and then the Christians do hurt somebody, like... That's on the library too. Yeah, I, 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 my sympathy is with the. I mean, yeah. I don't think they did it. It's a shitty. It's a rock and a hard place situation. Yeah, and I don't think the library would have made that decision unless they had a good reason to do it. Mm -hmm. But this is the this like Johnston's posting on Facebook like winning happy dance. We love all people. We hate no one, but we won't tolerate you teaching children on our taxpayer dime. No taxpayer used on this, mm -mm. how to question their gender and have perverted sodomy sex. Ooh, wow! Again, she doesn't know how they reading works. They are so obsessed with anal sex. Oh my god, they think about it more than gay men do. Like, she thinks dressing up as a litter... Like, you know a bunch of kids were going to dress up as a Harry Potter character. Right. And she equates that to perverted sodomy sex with a picture of the dabbing unicorn. It's a dance. By the way, as oh a God. former teacher, I chaperoned a bunch of high school dances. Uh -huh. I assure you that the stuff that goes on with straight kids at prom uh -huh. is way worse than whatever you thought was going to happen at Pride <laughs> Prom at a library. Of a hundred people. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Like, but that's how... I, I said this online, too, but like we joke about villains who take candy from babies like, these people just take happiness and hope away from LGBTQ people because cruelty is her faith yeah. and all the people who follow her. This has nothing to do with religion. No. Just, like, she delights in seeing gay kids cry. Mm -hmm. That's what brings her, like, joy in life. Cool. Cool as usual. <sighs> so that was a thing. That's fun. Do you want a less emotional story? I guess. All right. <laughs> We're full of happiness. So in, in, if you want to get married, there's all sorts of rules in every state. They're mm -hmm. different in every state about who gets to officiate your wedding mm. in the sense that it counts. In Illinois, yes, it's me. You can do it. Why I can you do, do it? Because I got, um, what's the word? Ordained. Ordained online for 30 American dollars. From which website? Um, Universal Life Church. Universal Life that's Church. That's the famous one, and that's something a lot of people do. And here's Ooh, the. Do I need to renew that before my brother's wedding? Do you think? Possibly. You okay. may want to look into look it. Into They're it. relevant to this story. Though, okay. That site specifically. Okay. Uh, in a lot of states, they say the only people who can officiate a wedding so it counts, as in you could sign the paperwork that says you are legally married, uh -huh. are judges or certain government officials, okay, or religious leaders. That's it. And now, for a couple of states, Illinois being one of them, Indiana was another, they let, like, there was no way for an atheist to get that sort of certification. The only way atheists could do your wedding is if they did what you did yeah. and get a certification from what is technically a church yeah. online. Or here's the argument that some atheists made in a lawsuit. There's two different programs, a humanist celebrant, a secular celebrant. These are run by different organizations, but they say, we offer a training course that allows non-religious people to become efficients, mm -hmm. and they go through a... It's not a thing you could do on a whim. You cannot just pay for it and we give you a certificate. Mm -hmm. There is a process. We have a training course. 
there's only a handful of people who have passed it. They ought to be able to ordain these weddings. Huh. And it is unfair, it is unconstitutional you for you to... to say no to our people because we are not a church. So they filed lawsuits in several states over the years. We interviewed one of them years ago. Um, one of the people who filed these lawsuits, mm-hmm. he ended up winning. Um, so th- this has been an ongoing thing. But as it stands, yeah. every court has, uh, that has seen this case has basically said, yeah, look, if you get ordained from a non-religious group of any sort, but mm-hmm. there is a training process, it's not just on a whim, mm-hmm. that's fine. That should count. So that's, that's all well and good. Okay. But the moral of the story is you got to still be a religious leader or you got to be a government official. And there's a loophole here, which you know about, which is that if you don't want to do any of those things, what if you just want a friend yeah. to marry you and your spouse? Mm-hmm. That friend can go online, put down a few bucks, and hey, there's churches online ready to ordain you yeah. at a moment's notice. Well, it was a very sacred process. I'm sure uh, it I did was. it on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here's what Tennessee is doing to clamp down God. on this. They passed a law, signed into law, that says online ordinations like yours uh-huh. do not count. Uh-oh. They have banned online ordinations from counting. Uh, if you want to be an efficient you must have, uh, what is the law saying? You cannot play, uh, pay a few bucks. Uh, the law says you have to be like a in-person, physically, a religious leader ordained in person, so, whatever. Uh, it basically goes after anyone who's not a religious leader. And in Tennessee, I think there is a way for you to be a humanist celebrant or whatnot, but it blocks the people who just want to go to the Universal Life Church, mm-hmm. pay a few bucks, and ordain a wedding. Specifically, so uh, interesting. Yeah, I my question is, and I, I assume think this d- isn't true, but yeah. if so, I married my friends Lee and Amanda. Th- that doesn't mean that their marriage wouldn't be valid in Tennessee. I just could not have Correct. ordained that wedding. In like Tennessee. as of July first, uh-huh. if they were having their wedding in Tennessee, uh-huh. you could not do it. Gotcha. Right. And why are they doing this? I think part of it is they know like no one's real. Like there's very few people who are getting humanist celebrants doing Uh their weddings. So negligible in Tennessee. Really, this is a way to say we want to make sure you go through a religious leader. That's why they're doing this. Why though? Why do they care? Because Tennessee Republicans, Southern, put it together. They just want a way to force religion on you. A wedding's a good time to do it. Why? You were going to let your friends do your wedding? No. Somebody who you, you gotta know go and through love? Us. No, you got to go through us. You need so. a stranger who's definitely going to say the wrong name. I've been at two weddings <laughs> now when they say the wrong name. So there's been two different responses to all of this. One of them has been from uh, one group. I want to make sure I get their name right. It's American, uh, American Marriage Ministries, mm-hmm. which is just like Universal Life Church. But they're saying, look, we used to give online ordinations, so here's how we're going to tackle this problem. Okay. We are going to take a bus tour throughout Tennessee and basically hand out ordinations to anyone who comes to our bus. Oh, interesting. So it is in person, uh-huh. and we are a recognized church by the government, <laughs> so fuck you law. We got a way around that. And that's clever. I yeah. like that. It's a nice way of saying, fine, you found a loophole, we found a loophole. Yeah. So that's one way. The other method, and this comes days later, Universal Life Church, they're just straight up filing a lawsuit. And they are saying, we have active ministers in our church 
who are going to officiate weddings later this summer, mm-hmm. and you are now saying they can't. That is discrimination because you are saying our church doesn't count. Yeah. That is religious discrimination, even though it's a non-denominational, non-belief. Sure, yeah. They have no beliefs. Um, they are saying we are disheartened by the sh- Oh, I'm sorry. So this is what they're suing over. Mm-hmm. They do have plaintiffs in standing. Mm-hmm. The question is, will the courts listen to them? Sure. Um, because there's no good reason to say an online ordination doesn't count Mm-mm. if that's how their church works. And it is. Like, they found a way to fix the system. They said, we created a church. We have a set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's very vague, and it, everyone qualifies. Right. But we give ordinations, and we count ourselves as a church. But so, Are you going to start drawing lines? Yeah, how do you want to yeah. draw lines here about what's a church and what isn't? Uh-huh. Um, they also, by the way, took a shot at the bus tour company at American Marriage Ministries. Really? Yeah, little infighting right, here. Infighting. And they said, we are disheartened by the short-sighted response of some other organizations <laughs> who they perceive have leapt gleefully into the laps of Tennessee lawmakers and begun offering in-person ordinations in order to appease them, saying, like, you're just doing what they want you to do. Yeah. You think you found a loophole, but you're just saying, all right, I will respect the law, and right. here's our way around it. Right. No. The law is wrong. Let's go after the law, which I like. I mean, that's the yeah. right answer. <laughs> so anyway, this lawsuit was just filed this week. They are saying you're violating our First Amendment rights by saying mm-hmm. we don't count as a church. That's an establishment of religion problem. Uh, you're hurting our 14th Amendment equal protection rights. You're violating the Tennessee Constitution. Wow. They are asking a judge to issue a temporary restraining order saying the law doesn't go into effect on July 1st uh-huh. while you resolve the actual issue. Which is four days away. Uh, which is four days away. They're saying, yeah, you need to put a stop to this now. Uh-huh. And then if you need more time to settle the legal sides of this, sure. take your time. But we'll see what happens there. Um, I asked the guy who runs American Marriage Ministries, like, how did he respond to the shade? <laughs> and he basically said, we felt compelled to do something in the short and medium term for our ministers who asked us to come here and provide the service. Yeah. He did say, we support the lawsuit. We hope they win. We wish them the best and hope for a quick and successful res- resolution. But like, <laughs> infighting shade among among church leaders so who funny. are just online church. church. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's very good. Okay. I got one more story and then I'm all done here. Okay. Um, so let me go back for a second. A couple of months ago, I believe, there was a legislator from West Virginia, Eric Porterfield, who said just the worst kind of things about LGBTQ people. Cool. Uh, Porterfield is a delegate to the West Virginia House. And he basically said, you know, LGBTQ people are a modern version of the KKK. He said gay people are a terrorist group. Oh. He joked about, like, they asked him, like, well, what would you do if your kids were gay? And he basically said, I would drown them. So that's that guy. And when he said those things, he's still in office, by the way. Mm-hmm. When he said those things, the head of the West Virginia Republican Party said... These comments are unacceptable and we denounce them. They have no place in America. We can disagree civilly and respectfully because intolerant and hateful views hold us back, divide us, and hurt our state. That was Melody Potter, who is the Republican Party chairman. Mm -hmm. Now, Porterfield still has his job. 
she didn't say this guy needs to step down. She just like shook her Aw. finger. <laughs> yeah, shook her finger. It was a very Jeff Flakey sort of uh, thing to do. Yeah. And whatever. Okay, but keep that in mind. She said, oh, that was wrong. That was very wrong. Okay, that was her public statement because this got so much attention at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, a different West Virginia legislator, this is State Senator Mike Azinger, he published an op-ed in the local paper basically denouncing homosexuality in Pride Month. Uh, and he was saying the LGBTQ movement is not about happiness and tolerance, no. quote, but about indoctrination and a forced acceptance of a perverted and non-biblical view of sexuality. Um, perverted. Mm-hmm. They're all perverts. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does... Okay, that's bad enough, yeah. but that's like... that's. The G- that's the GOP for you. If you're voting Republican, that's who you're supporting. Right. That is sadly not news at this point. Right. What's news is that Melody Potter jumped in on Facebook and said, this op-ed written by Senator Michael Azinger is right on. Oh. <laughs> it's biblically based. Thank you, Senator, for having the boldness to stand for what is right. So More people brave. should do the same. Thank you. <laughs> what happened? Oh my so God. what happened, if I can fill in the blanks here, sure, I'd love to hear is she thought she was just doing this on Facebook where she could tell her real thoughts. Sure. And so it all came out. But earlier in the year, it's like all these media people are coming out to her like, what do you do? What do you say about your bigot guy who's in the the delegation? Uh-huh. Well, it was wrong what oh, he said. How dare how he? How dare he do that? Touching my pearls. Everyone goes away, and she's like, <laughs> right on, nice. dude. Nice, like nice. fist bumps him. Yeah, fist bumps everywhere. Because, of course, he didn't, Porterfield didn't get punished. Azinger didn't get punished, because yeah. she's one of them. Yep. She's just as much of a hater as the rest of them. Her Facebook profile, by the way, uh, without punctuation, says, follower of Christ, West Virginia Republican Party chairman. It is just one term. That's sure. her label. Well, that's cool. So that's West Virginia for you. Nice. Uh, that's the whole party. That's the whole party across the country. Yep. Um, I've got one last story. Yes. Um, so there is an author. Uh, her name is E. Jean Carroll. Um, last week she came forward with... Um, there's an excerpt from her new book, which is maybe one of my favorite titles ever. It's called... What do we need men for? A modest proposal. <laughs> so this woman is my personal hero. Yes. Um, so she says in the 90s, um, she has an encounter with Trump. And I would like to just read a couple paragraphs because it really hasn't made a lot of splash. Sadly. Sadly. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to make sure we're kind of facing this thing. So um, <clears throat> if you'll excuse me. Um, there's some intro about how she ended up in this Bergdorf uh, dressing room with him. Quote, the moment the dressing room door is closed, he lunges at me, pushes me against the wall, hitting my head quite badly, and puts his mouth against my lips. I'm so shocked, I shove him back and start laughing again. He seizes both my arms and pushes me up against the wall a second time. And as I become aware of how large he is, he holds me against the wall with his shoulders and jams his hand under my coat dress and pulls down my tights. I'm astonished, about, I'm astonished by what I'm about to write. I keep laughing. The next moment, still wearing correct business attire, t- shirt, tie, suit jacket, and overcoat, he opens his overcoat, unzips his pants, and forcing his fingers around my private area, thrusts his penis halfway in, or completely, I'm not certain, inside me. 
It turns into a colossal struggle. I'm wearing a pair of sturdy black patent leather four-inch Barney's high heels, which puts my height around 6'1", and I try to stomp his foot. I try to push him off with my one free hand. For some reason, I keep holding my purse in the other and finally get a knee up high enough to push him out and off, and I turn, open the door, and run out the dressing room. Um, so in response... So sh- Trump raped her. Trump raped her in a dressing room in the 90s. Um, she told a couple friends at the time. She didn't report it. Um, I would recommend reading the whole thing. In response, Trump says, I'll say it with great respect. Number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened, okay? So. She's not his type. So he has a type of woman he rapes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Not her. Uh Uh-huh. But, like, it's not. If only a reporter could ask what the type is that he rapes. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Again, Republicans are fine with all of this. They don't care. And that's... Or they're like, no, I would care, but she's lying. She's lying with the other Even though there are corroborators. And the other 19 (laughs) women who have similar stories. And the sad part, like you said, it got very little screen time. Mm -hmm. It got very little attention in part because, yeah, Trump being rapey or... This is actually... There's been two actual rape allegations. One was from his ex-wife. She Mm -hmm. took it back. Mm-hmm. And then this one. Yeah. This is the most serious allegation made against him. Yeah. And it's and just even, like, yeah, Trump's a dick. Everyone knows it and Republicans love it. Yeah. That's kind of why this didn't get a splash. It's like, yeah, we've heard this before. Yeah, he's a monster. He's a criminal. He's the worst American who has ever been. Um, did you watch... Th- so we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Did you mm-hmm. watch the debates last night? I did. What'd you think? Um, I love Elizabeth Warren. I thought she was great. Uh-huh. Julian Castro was awesome. Was very um, good. They were all fine. It's fun to make fun of the ones who are so easily mockable, yes. which is most of them. But again, it's like, I pointed this out, like the first question at the first GOP debate in 2016 uh-huh. was, hey, Trump, why do you call women fat pigs? Right. The first question in this debate was like, what was it, economics? Yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to do about the economy? For, it's all um, substance. No, it was about, like, you are, it was to Elizabeth Warren about um, you're saying you're going to do all these, you have all these economic plans, but right now the ec- economy it, is booming. What do you have? Okay, what, so what a question you? about substance. Very substantial. So again, it's like, yeah, this is what happens when totally smart, normal, sane people debate, and it's not a circus sideshow right. where it's all about all these people saying, no, let's tear down the government. Or it's a race to the bottom of like right. what shitty nickname. Yes, it I wasn't get? a race to the bottom. They were fine. Yeah. I would like just about all of them, but there are some I'm just like, well, I don't see them winning, and I, I'm glad. Yeah. Like, I don't want them to win. Mm-hmm. Would I vote for them? Yes, because I'm not an yes. idiot. But the one that I like the most did the best. So I'm what just like, all right, What did you good. think of all of the Spanish <laughs> It was fine. Is it gimmicky? Yes. Is yeah. it useful, though, in uh, some cases? Like, sure, it is. It could be. It was on Telemundo. There, uh, Democrats are obviously reaching out to yeah. Hispanic and audience, I think so it serves a purpose. on Telemundo, so like, they knew yeah. what they were doing. But, like, but is it pandery? Yeah. It's pandery. It's performative. I'm fine with it. But that's like, how political debates work. It's all pandery. Sure. Like, how much of the question I would love to know, um, as partly someone who does the public speaking coaching, uh-huh. is like, how much of the things everybody said were rehearsed. I have to assume a lot of the Spanish Most. stuff was rehearsed. Oh, yeah. Um, even among the Spanish speakers, yeah, like yeah. the native speakers. 
it just sort of like it just kind of became self-parody when the yes. third person did it. Sure. Like, but it, again, which is fine. Think it's, about you're right. And I believe me, I made fun like, of a ton of this stuff online. Is if that's that, the biggest complaint, yeah. think about what the alternative was yeah. of the Republican ones. Yeah. Like it was fine. Yeah. You have to make fun of it. It was what I also enjoyed, and I don't know if anyone else noticed this too, because I'll watch the late night shows, the mm-hmm. comedian shows about it too, is you could tell they were having a blast making fun of the Democrats too, even though they're ideologically aligned uh-huh. with a lot of them. Mostly because, like, oh my God, we had new stuff to make fun of yeah. for once. Yeah. And the jokes were different. And all the Twitter people were different. We were yes. making different jokes about it. Yeah. It wasn't the same, everything is awful. Didn't it feel like It was watching... like, let's make fun of the sound glitch. Let's make fun of John Delaney. Let's make fun of the, the also rands or like, oh, de Blasio, where did he come from in all this? How did de Blasio get such a big applause right? line? But it's like, yeah, those are fun things to make fun of when you're in a normal situation. Yeah. And it's adults are running the show again. Mm-hmm. It's people asking good questions to people who have substance behind what they have to say. Yeah. Um, I big shout out to Julian Castro when they're talking about um, pregnancy. And he was like, can we stop saying like women's health? It's, you know, trans people can get pregnant too. And I was like, I, this, right. and I they tweeted tried this. to do the sort of outreach For that sure. Republicans would never do. And I, I and they're tweeted not afraid this. Of it. I want somebody to fact check me because I could be wrong, but that I bet that's one of the first times trans rights were mentioned in a presidential debate. I think one of Elizabeth Warren's first sentences was like yeah. Latinx. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, oh, haven't heard that one in a debate before. No kidding. Like, it's almost like they care about non-whites. Yeah. And so it was a good substantive. I'm sure tonight will be the same and there'll be plenty to make fun of I'm among very everybody. Very curious about but how it's tonight's going like, to go. Oh yeah, this is fine. But yeah. unless people oh, are Oh, do you want to live tweet it together? Because we're sure. friends. He's sure. giving me a look. That means no, Jessica, <laughs> fuck off. I, I I'm was... going to be in bed by 830. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to watch it because I've been looking forward to it forever. Yeah. I haven't been able to just watch Twitter and a live thing uh-huh. for a while. Yeah. So this is one of those, like, I know all the people I follow are going to make fun of it. Uh-huh. And so I'll try to join in. Yeah. But it's just fun. I was I was watching That's the... A- uh, the crooked media, they had like a live stream of their Slack feed. So it wasn't like on <laughs> social media. It was pretty, it was just like, like six friends, like goofing. Yeah. Goofing, big goofs. Um, do you have any good things to talk about? Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool as usual. Um, cool. Well, um, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Hammond's at Hammond Meta. Um, you can email us. We haven't really gotten many emails lately. The emails kind of dried up. At it's all good. Friendly Atheist Podcast. We've gotten some Gmail. nice messages from people. Not questions so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nice not actionable. Yes. Um, which is fine. Um, Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast if you'd like to support what we do. Um, if you'd like to support me personally, um, you can go to my Etsy page. Um, it's Bitches Get Stitched Done. And you can buy a cross stitch or I can design you something. Um, is that it? Sure. Yeah. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye, Bye. guys.